This year, the Wellness Summit returns. 95% of the people you know out there want you to play it safe. They don't want you to jump over fire. You can get burned. They don't want you to live the life that you were born to live. You've got to remember that if you're cooking food, you want to love it. You don't want to be thinking, oh, I don't want to have to prepare another meal for my husband who doesn't appreciate it. I don't have to prepare another meal for my wife who just doesn't care. She just wants peanut butter on toast. Wake the heck up. You are where you're at right here, right now, because of all the choices you have made up to this point. Now, I didn't know what to do with being blown up. I didn't know what to do with that until the psychologist told me, you're going to have post-traumatic stress disorder, Karen. I went, okay, great. Now, at least I know what to do with that. Get ready, Melbourne. The summit is back. Well, other people are just walking through fire. They were... I mean, look, look, look at that. And I'm on the phone going, yeah, and he's I mean, look, like this. And then he's lifted up his top and he's squeezing that, and I'm going, yeah, I can't even. We're doing masking. There's something there that you want that you haven't been doing for yourself. Zazen Alkaline Water presents the 2018 Wellness Summit. Bigger and better than ever. All info and tickets at thewellnesssummit.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Kim Morrison. I'm Cindy O'Meara. <laughs> and this week we do not have the gorgeous Karen with us. Uh, we have an extraordinary surprise for you listeners this week. And as I said just off air before we even went to uh, start recording this, I feel we've taken the show to another whole new level now that we have the beautiful Cheryl Selman with us. And I am super excited, but maybe before she even says anything, Cindy, tell us how long um, we have been involved with Cheryl and how long you've been listening to um, her, but also how long we've been listening to her podcast and what she's meant to us before we let her tell us her story. Yeah, I'd love to. So... I have known Cheryl, I reckon, 30-something years, and I met her through a mutual friend, um, Jackie Possels and Dr. Mark Possels. And I've, what I find about Cheryl, um, and I don't know how it is, but Cheryl and I just seem to weave in and out of each other's lives. But the last time that we ran into each other was um, in a group of 88,000 people um, in a very vast area in California. Uh, we were at the Natural Product um, Expo, and we ended up at the same booth at the same time. And I just squealed when I saw her. I just went, Oh my goodness, Cheryl, how did I do? How did we run into each other? So um, I then said to her, You know what? What are you up to now? Because for me, Cheryl's always somebody that is ahead of the rest. She's, if, if I want to know what the trend is going to be in 10 years, I just have to see what Cheryl's doing now because she just seems to be. I don't, I don't know how you do it, Cheryl, but you do. So I remember, um, I reckon 30 years ago, and I, I might be wrong here, you were talking about hormones and you wrote your book, Hormone Heresy. Uh, and then the next thing you were writing about 
um, that I remember that was very impactful in my life was The Promise of HCG. I remember that book and that program was just brilliant and that came from you. And then um, when I spoke to you just a couple of weeks ago, it was about five weeks ago in, in LA, I asked, okay, what's your next book? And you, and you said you had just released another book on CBD oils, I think it was. So um, I, I love listening to your podcast. We all do. We, we just mm-hmm. um, are enthralled with what you have to say. So uh, look, I could go on and on, but people are going to learn a lot in the next hour. And I say, if you're in the car, hold on tight. If you're at home, have a piece of paper and pen with you because you will want to write down things because Cheryl is a wealth of knowledge. So welcome, Cheryl, to Up For A Chat. Well, uh, thank you for having me. And uh, that was so sweet. Thank you for that introduction. And I have to say, it was rather miraculous, Mm. I guess, the word that of the you know at that right moment at that right time in a in, a, in an expo of eighty eight thousand people with uh, twenty five hundred booths in it there we were <laughs> and he absolutely shocked me when you, you called out my name it's like no what's going on here where am I <laughs> I love that it was a great connection yeah and especially we usually see each other in Australia not so much America so. It must have been like a warped place. Like she's got, you're going, hang on, don't I see this girl in Australia, not America? I never see her here. <laughs> it, was, it was a moment he took me kind of out of one reality. It's like, I know that voice, you know, but wait a minute, here I am in LA. <laughs> you know, and really it took me a moment to put it all together. <laughs> Divine but, intervention, I'd say. It was wonderful. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So, Let's start with um, your new book. Tell me, why do, why do you do this, Cheryl? You, you research something just, I can't believe how much you research something. And then you come up with this book. I don't know where you find the time, especially because I know you tour, you speak, you do your own podcast, What Women Want. So how do you find the time to research your latest book? How did you find the time? And tell us what your latest book is all about. Well, I think anything, and you know this too, Cindy, because you're, and Kim, both of you, you know, you're women that are really busy, but you, you have to be disciplined mm-hmm. and it's all about discipline and then you can make the time and just get focused on things. This book is called The Hemp Health Revolution, The A to Z Health Benefits of Hemp Extract. So hemp extract, and we're talking about the non-THC version that's legal here in all 50 states, and I believe it's legal in Australia. And um, CBDs or hemp extracts, the non-psychoactive form of the cannabis plant, is um, it's like cutting edge here. It's, it's the it's the next gold rush that's going on in the United States with the legalization of growing industrial hemp, which actually was. Um, outlawed for a really long time. And there's some very bizarre things have gone on in relationship to the hemp plant for the past 70 years. So we don't really remember a time when hemp was one of the most commercially viable and versatile products in the world. And it's been used for fabrics and for building and for oils and for uh, you know, building is, it's even integrated in, in the building of cars. It's, uh, 
obviously a medicine. It was the most second most popular medical ingredient up until the 1930s. It has been around for thousands of years and was a primary commercial crop for a long, long time. So this is God's gift to humanity, the hemp plant. And we're fortunately rediscovering this amazing plant and all of the benefits that it is presenting to us in our modern world right now. I just want to... Sorry, sorry, I wasn't going there too. At what number book is this, Cheryl? So this is number of the pages. I think it's five. Number five. Could you just, before we go further into this, I would love to know a little bit about your journey and how you got to being interested in even doing all this research. Can we just put a hold on hemp? Because I, I really want to come back to that. But all of a sudden you've got me fascinated as I'm listening to you thinking, well, did you wake up one day and just say, oh, I'm going to be an amazing researcher and incredible wealth of information that every single person in the world is going to need to hear this. So can you tell us how we even got here? Yeah, I just woke up one morning and made a decision. <laughs> That's going to be when I grow up. <laughs> you know, the, the truth of the matter is, like all of us who are on this healing path, it comes out of our own challenges at one way or another. So I had my health challenges um, many decades ago now. That room that really compromised my health and really incapacitated me. And I was having, um, you know, uh, I had thyroid issues and adrenal exhaustion issues and chronic hay fever and arthritis and um, anxiety attacks. And, uh, you know, I felt like uh, it was a perfect storm of uh, dysfunction going on. And, and, you know, you can't function if you can't sleep. And I was getting up at 3 a.m. in the morning with anxiety attacks. And then after, for a year, I actually did psychotherapy. I was a psychotherapist back then. I figured it must be some deep, dark trauma that was waking me up at 3 a.m. with this anxiety. And uh, then I started to get, about a year into that, I started getting night sweats, which was the clue that I had to look at the hormone side of things, which began to unravel this whole journey I was on. It unraveled the mystery. And uh, I realized it had a lot to do with my hormones, which I knew nothing about. So I had to delve into that world. And I had to figure myself out because when all this was going on, the knowledge we have now about hormones and estrogen dominance and adrenal exhaustion really wasn't well known at all. And uh, I had to navigate my way through back to health. And it just got me fascinated, especially when I was working through my own hormonal imbalances and at that point encountering how common it was for women to be medicalized and pathologized for their hormonal imbalances. HRT was very popular back then. And I investigated that as a possibility for me, not knowing anything. And as I investigated it, I went, oh my God, this is a disaster. This is the worst thing I could ever imagine. I was shocked and horrified how dangerous these drugs were. And uh, it began this passion of mine to really empower women with truthful information so they can make informed decisions and stay healthy. And the journey hasn't stopped since. Yeah, it's pretty extraordinary. And I dare say that 
women have, I wouldn't say problems, but it's certainly a topic of conversation right from um, puberty into obviously going through our monthly cycles, into pregnancy and then menopause. Particularly, it seems to be or have a negative conversation. Why is that? Well, we are products of the patriarchy. So I think we have to put it in context of our cultures. We're, we're the products of a culture that has inculcated in us the fact that we as women um, have uh, more problems, that uh, our bodies are a greater risk factor for men, we're more vulnerable, uh, and we do have more issues because our hormonal system fluctuates more than men. And we're very vulnerable to stressors that can impair healthy hormonal flows. And so it's a combination of the culture. I mean, we've, we've been taught menopause is a downhill slide. We've been taught we lose value as we age. We've been taught that PMS is a dangerous thing. We've been taught that birth, uh, natural birth is, uh, is a risk, so let's do cesareans. I mean, the list goes on and on how we have been medicalized and pathologized. And I have to say... Uh, really for profit. And that's what incensed me so much when I saw how women were suffering. And, you know, there's a phrase that I have learned along the way that says history is written by the winners. And when it comes to women's health and how women are perceived and how they're treated, it's definitely uh, the, the winners who wrote the, the game plan. And the winners are the traditional medical model, the winners are the pharmaceutical industrial complex, uh, you know, things that we take for granted but actually have um, have, have really uh, compromised women's health and blinded women to the beauty and power of their own bodies, their own menstrual cycles, the power of menopause, all the things that we as women should really be celebrating we have been shamed by. And that's part of the awakening now is to reclaim this knowledge, this wisdom, and to and get our bodies and our health and our hormones and our rejuvenation ability, which is where I'm at right now, back on track so we can fully experience our health and vitality and balance as, as was meant to be. What, what's it. interesting is that even today, and I know that, you know, you wrote this book a long time ago. Even today, I'm finding our young women, especially, um, are on the pill or on the bar or on the marina or and it's not just for contraception. It's for their skin. It's for they have heavy periods. They don't have periods. They um, are hormonal. Oh my, it's just it's rife. And they you know, think it's nothing to do this. You know, there's nothing. They think, well, this is what it's meant to be. And this is what this is the only thing that's going to cure me. Sadly to say, um, not much enlightenment has happened in 20 years since I wrote Hormone Heresy, and it is sad to say that because the this dominant culture and our advertising and the training that doctors go through is so strong that unless we really peek our head out of the matrix where we're going to be sucked into it. And uh, we forget that things like the pill are made up of two known human carcinogens, estrogen and progestin. We forget that the pill is associated with uh, strokes and blood clots 
it, we forget that the pill alters our gut microbiome. It actually uh, increases the risk of breast cancer. It causes depression and anxiety. It can cause major depression depletion of key vitamins and minerals and set women up for infertility. We forget that. Actually, we probably had never been told that. No, so, they're not so told that. Like candy, right? I mean, so it's, it's like, so you're right. You know, it's given for heavy periods, lack of periods, no periods for acne. It's given for ovarian cysts, for PMS. Often it's given for perimenopausal women, which is always a shocker because no woman over the age of 35 was ever supposed to take the pill because the risk of blood clots was so great. And right now it's given to help women totally eliminate menstrual cycles so they don't need to be inconvenient by having any monthly bleed. And, and, and what's shocking about this and what we're not being told is that our menstrual cycle is the key to our true empowerment and inner authority as women. Our intuition is connected to the flow of hormones, our um, inner you know, knowledge, our healing, our emotional balance and harmony. All of that is connected to the monthly flow of hormones. And when we shut off that flow, which is what happens when you take the pill, it shuts like your ovaries are offline, you are disconnected from your self, capital S. And that's where we get into a lot of trouble as women. It's kind of sad. It kind of feels like we're, we're losing touch with our femininity, uh, our ability to actually love what is. Is, is that what you're experiencing? Yes, it is. And when I, when I uh, started to understand this, now you have to understand, I came from uh, you know, a product of the patriarchal culture. I loved being in competition with men. I worked really hard. I didn't really pay any attention to my body, to my menstrual cycles. Uh, you know, I was just on a track of succeed and work hard and be acknowledged and make lots of money. That's a very patriarchal male model. And uh, I started to, through my own challenges, I started to look into this thing called menstrual wisdom and feminine wisdom. And I was fortunate I studied with some Hawaiian elders and some Native American elders, and they're talking about this women's wisdom stuff. And I got very curious. And one of the things that I started to do from the learnings that I received from these indigenous cultures was to pay attention to my menstrual cycle, pay attention to the different times of the month when I was ovulating and, you know, before ovulation, after ovulation, just paying attention, paying attention to the moon, the cycles of the moon, how I was feeling, libido. It, uh, it was a revelation. I, I have to say that being aware of myself on that level was a profound transformation of my sense of power because I was always seeking power outside of myself in learning more and competition, you know, everything we do, right, in our culture. And I never felt good enough. And when I started to follow these inner rhythms and pay attention and rest when I was tired in my luteal phase and be aware of the creative energies in my dreams and my monthly flows, I felt for the first time in my life, I was feeling solid inside myself. I was connecting to myself in a way that I never had been taught before. 
And it was the beginning of really reclaiming my sense of self, my sense of power as a woman, which is a very different experience than men's power and being a female in a you know patriarchal world that we're trying to model that. So it was a big breakup call for me. Um, Cheryl, what's interesting is that I was speaking to someone a couple of weeks ago and I want to hear your opinion on this. And there, there was a group of students going to India and the girls were advised to go on the pill so they wouldn't have their cycle. God forbid. But- by the doctor? No, by the teachers. Like, you know, they, they're going, they're a bunch of students, they're going and they're, they're being told to go on the pill so that they don't get their cycle um, while they're away. And um, they were going to do some hiking as well. And, and as a 19-year-old, like I hiked um, all through the Colorado Rockies and there were, you know, there were ways in which we did this. And, and I actually said to her in the end, I said, what? that's the other thing she said, oh, because of the hygiene, they want us to do this. And I said, get yourself a, a menstrual cup, you know. Um, my daughters use that, this, this cup. Um, wasn't around when I had to do it. And I said, just get yourself one of them. They're as clean as anything. So, <laughs> I cannot believe that it's like, oh, a bunch of students going to India, we want some hygiene, take the pills so you don't get your cycle. They, that's the thought of dirt. It, it's dirty. That's what they think. Well, you know, dirty, messy. I mean, they're recommending that if you go on holidays, you know, take the pills so you don't have to be inconvenienced. And I, I think it's just indicative of this um, misunderstanding of our bodies and, and really of the abuse of our bodies and not fully appreciating the risks and side effects of shutting off our menstrual cycle from these two known carcinogenic drugs that make up the pill. Mm. Cheryl, can you explain to us then, let's get into the nuts and bolts of this. There'll be women listening to this with their daughters and there'll be many women listening to this that may have never heard it before. Can you explain to us what actually is this whole female cycle with the estrogen and progesterone balancing? Like how, how should it look normally? And then how are we counteracting and what are the side effects causing it to go into havoc that is causing all these so-called problems? Could you give us the science and behind it and what explaining exactly what it means to have a woman's cycle right so a woman's cycle should be and it's it's not an absolute because the variations on a theme about 28 days out of the month is is a cycle and it starts with day one which is the first day after you have a bleed to day 13 which is a time called the follicular phase where we are um uh, high in, in estrogen. So estrogen is preparing the growth of an egg. It's preparing for conception, right? So we're, we're maturing this egg in our ovaries. So in fact, there are lots of eggs that start maturing, but one, one you know, wins out before anyone else. So you get this one egg that gets ready to be released. So it's estrogen that does that. So it's a very, it's a predominantly estrogen time of a cycle. Um, we're preparing for this fertile egg, and we are also metaphorically preparing for creation, for a creative idea. So there's a, you know, it's a, it's a metaphor as well, because you don't want to conceive every time you have a menstrual cycle, but it's a metaphor, this creative energy that is building within you. And if you're paying attention and not shutting off your cycles, 
then you start being aware of these creative feelings and urges that start moving through you. Then around day 14, you release that egg. And that egg sac, the egg was in, is released. And that egg sac becomes an endocrine gland called um, uh, the... the, Oh gosh, um, it's a, it's a, a sac that produces the hormone progesterone. So progesterone is a produced during the next phase called the luteal phase, and it's um, it's the highest concentration of progesterone during the time of a woman's cycle. Estrogen is also high, and this is a time when, if you've conceived, you're now starting to allow for this egg to be implanted. You know, it's like you brought in new life and now you're nurturing this new life. If it is a, if you're, it's a metaphorical part of the journey, then you have for the first 14 days of the month conceiving new ideas. And then the last 14 days of the month, you're nurturing this new idea, this new creative expression. It is a time when you tend to go within. The follicular phase is more externalized. There's more energy out there. You have a lot more energy. And then when you go into the luteal phase, you're more inward. You're nurturing this new self, this new creative expression. It's often a time when women do feel low energy, when they do want to take a nap. And it's a good thing. You want to do that. I, I remember I felt so guilty when I started to, you know, be aware of this and thought, oh, I feel like a little lie down. And I, you know, the the whole chatter goes on. It's like you can't do that. It's the middle of the afternoon. You got to keep working. But you know, I started to listen. So uh, that was the beginning of paying attention to the different phases of my menstrual cycle. And our bodies are very sensitive and very delicate. If we are pushing ourselves, if we're working too hard, if we're not sleeping, if we are um, indulging in the you know wrong foods, toxic, our hormones are going to reflect it. Because, and this is the big message I like to give to women. It's like you're, when we talk about our hormones being, you know, out of whack, we somehow think of hormones as these things that happen to us, totally disconnected from how we're living our lives, how we're thinking, how, how we're, you know, nurturing ourselves, how we're exercising our body, and they're not, because our hormones are a direct reflection of to the degree we're adrenally exhausted, to the degree our digestive system is impaired, to the degree we're inflamed, to the degree our liver is congested, um, to the degree we're lacking sleep, all of these issues are going to manifest, amongst other things, as hormone imbalances. So if you want to correct your hormone issues, which are very common and prominent. It's not about taking the pill to shut off all ovulation, possibly forever. It's about listening to your body's message that something needs attention and reevaluate what's going on in your life. If you really want to heal PCOS or ovarian cysts or endometriosis or painful periods or a lack of periods, you need to start looking within and getting back into balance and harmony with yourself 
physically, emotionally, mentally, and even spiritually. That's the journey. That's the gift yeah. of our mama. They like, let us know when we are beautiful. off track, if we are able to listen. Mm. It's like music to my ears. I just love mm. listening to you, Cheryl, because we've forgotten this ancient wisdom that we should be, you know, changing within um, what we're doing, changing our lifestyle. But more often than not, if you've got PCOS or endometriosis um, or infertility, um, and especially if you do want to have babies, everybody goes for IVF immediately. It's, nobody questions their lifestyle. I, I, one of my relatives, um, she was telling me that she couldn't get pregnant and I said, you need to change your lifestyle. Plus she was spraying Roundup <laughs> all over her lawn. Her husband would spray Roundup everywhere and I, I said to her, you, you know, your lifestyle needs to change but they don't, they don't want to do that. They want to go straight to the doctor and they want to do their IVF. And the IVF is not without risk. And, you know, I used to talk a lot about IVF. Uh, I, I remember um, meeting the women who took IVF. You, you super ovulate. It can create, um, and I met women who had breast cancer result of IVF. You put on a lot of weight. It can impair your thyroid. You get depressed. Not just during the time you're on IVF, but after you finished it, you know, you know, and if you've, conceived if you're lucky enough to conceive it it can be a risk factor for the fetus and and that's another thing because i i was on this whole track i mean you know delving into my hormone uh, issue is like breadcrumbs along the trail and i kept finding more crumbs to investigate every it just led me from one issue to the next issue to the next issue and i spent a lot of time looking at the effects of ivf including of the offspring, and there's something like 25% or more of children born of IVF have health issues because it's not a natural way to conceive. There are consequences when a woman's body is out of balance. Mm. And then speaking of balance, I mean, everything you're saying, I've just come back from a beautiful week away, Cheryl, in an organic environment and the organic gardener taught us all about the moon and when's the best time to plant and to plant in the first 14 days of a, of a moon cycle is, is the best time to plant grow, uh, to grow plants that, oh, sorry, to plant seeds of plants that grow above the ground. And then the second phase is the best time to plant seeds that grow below the ground. And so your, your beautiful analogy of conception and nurturing in those two phases actually ties in beautifully with, with the plant kingdom as well. Do you, do you know much about how the, or I'm sure you do, could you explain to us about the moon as a part and how that affects us on a, on a very big scale? Well, the moon is a powerful planetary body that, you know, has a, a strong field, a strong energetic field. And look at the tides. We are mostly water, you know. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be affected. Yeah. Our body's going to be affected. I mean, all the ancient wisdoms from Ayurvedic wisdom to traditional uh, uh, Hawaiian wisdom, Native American wisdom, all these cultures understood the power of the moon, but it's it's more than that. It's understanding how our connection to natural cycles and how to move in harmony with the seasons, with the phases of the moon, with our seasons of life. How do we move gracefully 
and in balance with those seasons because as we move in balance and harmony with all of those different cycles, we restore our harmony and balance. And I, I can tell you as someone who was way out of balance and miserable for so many years of my life and depressed and anxious and dealing with all my neuroses and then starting this journey of reclaiming my body, learning about women's wisdom, getting healthy, working more net with more natural alternative modalities. I mean, it's a journey. We, we incorporate lots of resources along the way. And at this stage of my life, it's like, you know, I'm, I, you know, I, I have emotional balance. I sleep well. I have a purpose. I, you know, I feel gratitude. It's a very different stage of my life when I was younger, you know, so hopefully that's what we learn along the way if we do our work. I was just going to ask you, what would you say to a young woman listening to this podcast right now? What would be your your advice to them around um, their own self-worth? What, what would be your take on that, if you could talk to your young self again? Well, I, I, I think it's learning everything we've been discussing here in this conversation. I think it's about understanding our bodies, understanding our cycles, loving our cycles. It's, you know, we inhabit a physical form where well, this truly is our vehicle we are not our bodies and if we want to fulfill our, our greater sense of purpose and destiny in life first thing we have to do is take really good care of our physical body which is the vehicle and how we express out into this third dimensional reality and it's you know it's waking up it's understanding how we are nurturing ourselves how we are supporting our optimal expression in the world it, you know it's it, it really is um it really is waking up to that spiritual dimension uh, which has been so profound in my life you know it's just you have a spiritual if you have some sort of spiritual connection, whether it's through nature, through some practices, it's really the ability to uh, uh, get back into our our core essence, which guides us, which guides our intuition. And the thing about getting hormonally balanced, yeah, it's getting rid of symptoms. It's making life easier. But I'm going to tell you, the real gift is connecting with your intuitive knowingness because if you are strongly connected or reconnected and as women we have great access to our intuition if we don't shut off these cycles it is our inner guider counter that guides us through our life that tells us go here make this right turn Stay away from this person. Go in this direction. Follow your, you know, your, 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 uh, uh, you know, your hint about this. It will guide us to the places, people, and things that will give us the answers we're looking for. So that's my greatest sadness about women who go on the pill. They they make it very difficult to connect with the intuition because our intuition is tightly and intimately connected to our menstrual cycles. So, um, what about um, for people who are past their cycle, um, and do do we still have that same thing happening there? Like, what what happens after we've finished our cycle and we go in past perimenopause and then into menopause? Is that 
are we still kind of cycling with the moon and um, what, what happens? Well, we are cycling with the moon. We, we are in these greater rhythms, these greater um, um, universal rhythms, very, very much so. But when we move into menopause, there are big shifts that happen within a woman's psyche and within her physiology. Uh, I always like to talk about how menopause is this time of moving into a greater sense of wisdom. It's understanding that um, we have greater access, our corpus callosum, this the bundle of nerves that separate our right and left hemisphere actually get bigger. We have greater access to our intuitive, creative part, as well as our left brain, you know, active part. Um, so it's easier to, to kind of go back and forth to those aspects. We have um, we we have uh, the the ability to um, support the changes that go on during menopause. Are there are certain hormones that are made by our ovaries that aren't made at all until that phase of life that looks after our hearts. We we have backup systems, but really the. What, what I've learned from working with these indigenous cultures is that we don't truly come into our wisdom mm-hmm. until we arrive at that stage of our life's journey where we can then um, distill life experiences into the um, elixir of wisdom. And that's the gift of that time of our life. And I have found that to be true. And uh, so it's, uh, it's, a, it's, it's like the uh, flowering of the greatest sense of purpose and power a woman has in her life. Cheryl, I just, I just need to interrupt you there and just say, could you just say that again so that any teenagers or young people listening to this could actually hear how wise and intelligent their mothers really are? But just, just, just prove to me with science that it is actually true. <laughs> I know they do know it, but they'll come to know it in all the time. You know, but, you know, it's really embracing all these stages, and the the various stages of a woman's life has been the basis of the spiritual traditions in all the different indigenous cultures, and they understood the lessons and the role of women at various times of their life, and and honored all those cycles. And you know, our culture epitomizes you know, a useful culture and uh, what we're reclaiming, and I, I see this in my own personal life and in the work I'm doing now, is uh, helping to heal the menopausal woman that has been taught by our culture that at this stage of life, it's all downhill, that your functions <laughs> fail, your abilities dim, you know, I mean, it's all, it's all over. And, you know, I strongly protest. I strongly protest. And that's part of our cultural conditioning that we get every day. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know what it's like. I haven't watched Australian TV lately. I will shortly. But um, here in the U.S., I don't have a TV. But when I do get to sneak a little TV when I'm visiting my mother or something, but, you know, every five minutes of commercials right now of everything that you're, the, the seniors or the, uh, um, what we call them here, the seniors will, pay, you know, the... Um, what do we call them in Australia? The um, pensioners. What you need 
You will need to have arthritis care. You will need diapers. You will need a cane. You will need to have help with your memory. And then after they go through about five of these uh, commercials telling you how your body is failing and what drugs are going to help you, then the sixth commercial is the uh, lawyer who's talking about the class action suits that come from all the drugs that you've just been told to take. No joke. No joke. No, is that crazy making or what? You just so, wonder okay. when people are going to wake up to that craziness. Well, that's why we're having this conversation. That's yeah. why you're doing your work. You and Kim do your work. That's why I do my work because we're here to help people wake up. Mm. So what would you suggest for a woman who, and these are, this is many women um, that are going through menopause and having all of the, the so-called symptoms, and I don't know if they're, the symptoms of menopause, but more symptoms of ill health. <laughs> um, what would you say to them? Exactly what you were saying in the beginning, change your lifestyle, look within, see what's happening. I'd love to hear it from you. What would you say to women who are probably listening to this and having those symptoms and, and want to know, well, what do I do? Well, I will tell you they are symptoms of imbalance. Uh, menopause was meant to be a no big deal transition. Mm -hmm. It was meant to be like no big deal, you know, and uh, you go from menstruating and, and then you have 12 months of no menstrual cycles and it's like you're on the other side of, you know, that stage of life into this new stage that, you know, you could be initiated into. To the degree we have a tough time at menopause, and uh, women have a tough time, you know, I, I get that, you know, but I'm going to just tell everyone listening, that tough time is because you are adrenally exhausted, you are estrogen dominant, you have insulin resistance, mm -hmm. you have gut dysbiosis, you have, uh, you know, impaired neurotransmitters, <laughs> you know, your body is screaming out for help because you have either neglected it, abused it, ignored it. And when you have a transition in life, everything is magnified. But it's not meant to be a painful downhill slog where you lose, you know, all the great things that you loved about your body. It doesn't have to be that, but you got to, We've got to understand what's going on. We've got to we've got to find our way back to health, and we have to put into practice the strategies, the lifestyle factors that are going to support our body this stage. There, there's no doubt about it. As you move into your fifties and beyond, changes happen in the body. If you do nothing or continue bad habits, you will accelerate those changes, and, and in a sense, compromise functions. But if you really are willing to do the work, you know, put the exercise in, clean up your diet, let go of the sugar, you know, make sure you meditate, uh, you know, have your holistic team with acupuncture, you know, and uh, Tai Chi yoga, you know, Chinese medicine, you find your little team, you will go from strength to strength. And you will, you know, I, I, I've never, 
I've never had strong muscle tone. I've been more parasympathetic. So some people have strong muscle tone, you know, and, and, and well-defined muscles. Well, I was never like that and you know, birth trauma or whatever, you know, happened to me. But um, when I started to see my, you know, arms starting to wiggle, you know, and, and all those signs, like, oh, my God, it's aging. I was determined. I was determined I wasn't going to go there. So I started um, resistance training and I focused on my arms. And, you know, I want you to know that even someone like myself that had very flaccid muscles can build muscle mass. And I've been doing this consistently for six years now. And I'm very proud to say I've got some well-defined muscles going on, and I don't have any bat wings flapping in the wind. In the wind. It's possible. we got to do the work. And I have to tell you, you do look good, Cheryl. You look amazing. You seem to youth, not age. And I, I know that, what are you going, you're in your seventh decade, aren't you? In your, yeah, yeah your seventh That <laughs> just blows me away. Just me. I, I can't affirm or deny it. So beautiful listeners, I think it's time for us to take a little break here because there is so much information we want to share. We're going to share Cheryl with us over the next week as well. So make sure you tune in next week. Uh, if you've got any questions or comments over the first part of this interview, then please go to all the, fa- all the w's.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat or uh, the w's, the forward slash up for a chat. And please place any comments and questions or feedback that you have in those two places for us to report back to the beautiful Cheryl. But make sure you tune in next week and still become and play a part of the ripple effect that's changing our world with the beautiful Dr. Cheryl Salmon. This year, the Wellness Summit returns. The only lesson is ever going to be your learning. That's it. As long as you're learning, that's your lesson. When you stand in front of the mirror, the talk, the things that go on between these ears in the morning can also be what sets you up for a day. And if you've beaten yourself up for not being the most extraordinary person that you can be, then start now. We make it hard for ourselves. We make things difficult for ourselves because we go and apply a whole bunch of stories and a whole bunch of drama and a whole bunch of I'm not good enough to the things that occur in our lives. Wake the heck up. Today is a new day. And here's where it can change. Kim Morrison and Karen Smith feature at the 2018 Wellness Summit. Bigger and better than ever. Tickets on sale Friday, May 4 at thewellnesssummit.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.